you are Locked On Dodgers, your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So I say D, I say D-O, D-O-D, D-O-D-G, D-O-D-G-E-R-S, team, 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 team. Merry Christmas, Dodger fans. Welcome to Locked On Dodgers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one local sports daily podcast network. Locked On, your team every day. This is the daily podcast covering the world champion Los Angeles Dodgers, bringing you the smart fans' perspective on our boys in blue. I am Jeff Snyder of Baseball Central, along with Vince Samperio of Chavez Ravine Fiends. Vince, Merry Christmas. Jeff, Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas to us Dodger fans. We got the gift we wanted in 2020, but we're going to talk a little bit more about what we want in 2021. Yeah, we were looking back at what we talked about Christmas week last year, and uh, we did quite a bit about Rich Hill and his wife getting arrested at a Patriots game. So, uh, you know, and Rich Hill wasn't even on the Dodgers anymore. So last year we talked about uh, the exploits of a non-Dodger at a non-baseball sporting event. So, uh, you know, Uh, I guess this year hasn't been any less newsworthy than last year in that regard. So like Vince said, we're going to talk about uh, a couple things on our Christmas wish list for the Dodgers, and then we're just going to have some generic Christmas holiday season conversation, things that we enjoy about the holidays. So that's the plan. But first, we want to remind you, please subscribe to Locked on Dodgers wherever you get your podcasts. And when you get in your car or sit on your couch, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked on Dodgers. All right, Vince, like you said, uh, we we got our number one, actually, in 2020, for as bad as this year has been, we really got the two things that would have been the top of our wish list. Uh, we got Mookie Betts for 13 years, and we got a Dodgers World Series title. And so uh, in that, that and only that way, 2020 will be hard to top. Uh, and just about every other way, 2020 will be pretty easy to top. But let's talk about our wish list, uh, maybe two things each uh, going back and forth with our wish list Christmas wishes for the Dodgers. We'll we'll take the big easy one off the table and that's being able to go to Dodger Stadium this next season. I think that's a given on all ends that we want to be there. We want to see the ring ceremony, see the banner put up, all that kind of stuff. So uh, I believe we can probably leave that one off the board since we, that would be both what we want. Yeah. Uh, but in terms of actual on-field, um, I'm going to go with Liam Hendricks and that's an- another more easy one and a guy we've talked about, but I've identified him as the guy I want. I want to have a, you know, even if it doesn't work out in later years, if they need to give him a couple of years, you know, they gave Joe Kelly three years and eight mil a year. So I think they can give Hendricks maybe another three years, 12 mil. We've talked about Jansen's contract coming off the board this next, after this next season. And then we talked last episode about Tommy Canely and Caleb Ferguson recovering and coming back in 2022. So having Hendricks around for the next three years wouldn't be the, wouldn't be a bad thing. And uh, would help them a lot in this next year because we don't know what to expect from Kenley Jansen. Yeah, I think that's a very good one. Uh, my first pick, I'm going to wish for, uh, specifically a full season, but not just generically a full season. Specifically, I want a full season so that Gavin Lux can have a full season of development. And, you know, because in 2020, I think with the game, the season only being 60 games long, the Dodgers couldn't really afford to give Lux a super long uh, leash uh, in trying to adjust to the big leagues. 
And if they can play a 162 game season or something close to that, I think that gives them more time, more leash to let Gavin Lux develop. And, and because I really do think Lux is going to be an all-star at some point and it's time to start seeing that he is at that age, kind of like we talked about on yesterday's show with Dustin May, it's kind of reached that point in time where it's time for Gavin Lux to to put up or shut up. And I, I think he's going to put up. And I think what he needs is a pretty pretty normal season so that the Dodgers can just say, okay, go play baseball and figure it out. Because I think he will. Yeah, I'd love nothing more for Gavin Lux to be that guy and take over second base position and, you know, give the Dodgers one of the continue to give the Dodgers one of the best lineups in the game. My other one, you know, I'm not going to go too out of the box here. Honestly want them to bring back Jock Peterson, Uh, you know, regardless of everything. Jock's fun. He's not a great interview, but he's fun everywhere else. He not doesn't necessarily feel a need, but, with AJ Pollock, you know, you we don't really know what to expect from AJ Pollock, and they don't really have the outfield guys or even guys that can play outfield in a pinch down in down in the minors or even kind of waiting in the wings. So you know, if Jock can maybe sign a one year deal, want maybe or you might not want to do that, but bring Jock back, put him in left field, and let Jocktober moments happen again. Yeah, I I'm so torn on Jock and Kike and. You know, a few guys who are, I don't know what the right answer is. I don't know what the best answer is. And yeah, I like Jock. I, I think he's fun. I would like, I, kn- I know he likes being a Dodger. He's obviously all his best friends are Dodgers. And so, uh, you know, I it's one of those situations where I'm glad that I'm not the Dodgers general manager and having to make those decisions because I think it would be hard to figure out what to do with Jock and Kike and JT and all those guys. So uh, it's tough. Uh, and my last one, uh, I won't do another Gavin Lux related one, although I do hope that uh, this coming year is the year when we finally get Gavin Lux on the podcast. He has agreed to come on the podcast three or four different times, but we haven't made it happen yet. And so uh, so maybe 2021 is the year. Keep your fingers crossed. Uh, but my last wish is going to be... Uh, my last wish is going to be Cody Bellinger uh, showing up in 2019 form in 2021 uh you know obviously even when his bat isn't totally on his glove is so valuable he's such a good outfielder so he he brings a lot of value to the table but the confidence that we saw for most of 2019 at least the first few months uh, i would love to see that confidence back uh, because that version of cody bellinger uh was you know literally maybe the best player in baseball, one of the top three or four players in baseball. And when you've got that talent, knowing that it wasn't a fluke, it, you know that talent is there. And so I'd love to see him show up looking like that version and uh, tag team with Mookie to be the best uh, one-two punch in an outfield in baseball. Yeah, when you – it's – you know, Bellinger's year was kind of weird because he did struggle a lot during the regular season. And he didn't have, like – eye-popping numbers in the postseason but he had enough eye-popping plays to make you kind of forget everything else you know the home run in game seven the robbed home runs uh, the home run in game one of the world series so it, it kind of felt like you know cody bellinger's 2019 just kind of transitioned into the next year but he did struggle and he will have to you know find that uh, but the good thing is that he was he's going to contribute no matter what on defense and and 
I think he's gonna be fine on offense. They have a he'll. I think this the shoulder injury might help a little bit to get him, you know, not swing a bat every day and kind of relax and and take his time getting ready for 2021. All right, we'll be back in a minute to talk about our favorite things about the holiday season. So keep it locked on, Dodgers. All right, it's time for our obscure former Dodger, and I went with a guy who is, as of last week, he's back to not being a former Dodger. He's maybe back to being a future Dodger again. Uh, it is Tim Fedorovich. He re-signed with the Dodgers, a minor league contract last week or so. And, uh, and so he's back in the Dodgers organization. He's 33 and a half years old and he has in parts of eight years in the big leagues, he has a 54 OPS plus, uh, which reminds me of one of my favorite main tweets I've ever done back on April 22nd, 2014. Uh, I said, if I, Got three wishes for Nimbagini. My first wish would be that Tim Fedorovich could hit. And my second wish would be for the genie to stop laughing. Uh, and that's kind of kind of the the way Tim Fedorovich's Dodger career went. Uh, most notable in his Dodgers career, I think, is that he was part of the trade when the Dodgers traded Matt Kemp to the Padres and got back Yasmani Grandal. I guess the Padres needed a catcher to fill Grandal's spot. So they took Tim Fedorovich and turned out uh, he wasn't very good at baseball, so he never played in the big leagues for the Padres. Uh, so after four years with the Dodgers, he's bounced around between the Cubs, Giants, Astros, Reds, and Rangers, and now he's back in the Dodgers system. And uh, not much to say about Tim Fedorovich other than uh, seems like a nice guy who's not very good at baseball. you have any FedEx thoughts? He's the 2021 Rocky Gale. Yeah, although Rocky Gale is still in the organization too, isn't he? I'm not sure, but if they have both of them... It's a lot of mentorship for KB Ruiz. Yep. And uh, like I said, I think Fedorovich seems like a really nice guy. So uh, I'm happy if he's happy. So, uh, all right. So uh, it's Christmas time. It's holiday season. Whatever you celebrate, chances are you are celebrating something this time of year, whether you are a Christmas person or a Hanukkah person or a Kwanzaa person or a Festivus person or a I'm just enjoying the fact that we get a couple weeks off school or work, you know, Whatever it is, we're celebrating stuff. And uh, you and I, I think, are both Christmas people, Vince. And uh, my, for me, the holiday season, uh, for for me, uh, Thanksgiving is part of Christmas season. Uh, Christmas season, as you know, the four seasons are uh, spring training, baseball season, Christmas season, and January. And so as soon as the Dodgers season ends, that's when Christmas season starts. And that's when I start listening to Christmas music. Uh, and after Thanksgiving is when I start admitting that I've been listening to Christmas music for a month. So Vince, let's talk about some of our favorite things about the holiday season. Uh, tell me something you like. Yeah, it's not going to be Christmas music to that extent. I don't mind it, but uh, yeah, I'm not going to actively pursue it. I think, you know, there's generic ones I can go with, but I'm going to go with tamales. Uh, not for just the fact that tamales are good. And I, I've seen, you know, there's going to be tamales slander on the Twitter timeline probably in the next few days. Uh, it's not my fault. You've never had a good one. But I think just the whole concept around it, you know, that depending on your family, for the most part, you probably make them a week before or maybe on Christmas Eve in the morning and then cook them to have them for Christmas Eve dinner or to have them for Christmas dinner. But just the whole process, you know, in our family, the process is we have a tamale making day a few days before Christmas or a week before, you know, everybody goes and we still hang out and it's just an extra reason to hang out. Um, 
you know, not to be sexist or anything, but the women are still the ones that do the, the cooking. Uh, sometimes the men will help out with maybe the tying or the rip, the ripping of the husk, whatever else it is. But I think just giving an extra reason to hang out before Christmas and then actually having them on Christmas is, is the whole process. Uh, and then for the most, probably for, you know, a lot of Hispanic households is that the abuela or the nana or the grandma, whatever you call her, is the one that kind of has the recipe and trying to passes it down to the next generation. And when she gets a little bit too older, maybe she doesn't help out as much. So everyone else kind of helps out and rallies around. So I think just the whole concept of it works for me. Yeah, I have never made tamales. Uh, also, I'm white, so I call them tamales, not tamales, uh, which I think is okay. But, you know, I did grow up in uh, Lake Elsinore, which is uh, very heavily populated with Mexican-American people. And, uh, and for that matter, Mexican people who aren't Mexican-Americans. And uh, so I've had a lot of tamales in my life. I've never had a bad one. Uh, you know, I, maybe I've just been lucky, but uh, I can't imagine what a bad tamale would taste like. Actually, somebody did put raisins in them once, and I don't understand that. Do you eat raisins in your tamales? Okay. Uh, yeah, somebody once put raisins in tamales, and, and that's no good. But other than that, it's hard to picture messing up tamales. I love tamales and my mom used to exchange with our Mexican neighbors across the street they would make tamales for us and my mom would make pies for them and you know we our cultural appropriation exchange and and it worked because I love me some tamales and uh all right so that that's a good one I I do love Christmas music and that's what I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about like I I said I start listening I, I probably usually listen to my first Christmas song sometime around August uh, but I don't start listening regularly until the Dodgers are done playing baseball. Uh, but I just love Christmas music. And, you know, the whole time when, when you're a kid, you're anxious for Christmas to get here. And so uh, you can't enjoy Christmas season as much because you're looking forward to the day of Christmas when you get your presents and everything. Now that I'm an old man, and so I don't actually care as much about Christmas Day. And so I can enjoy the whole season more. And so I love that I get two full months of listening to Christmas music, even even bad Christmas music. There's a lot of bad Christmas music and some that I, I love to hate. You know, Santa Baby is maybe the worst song in the history of the world. Uh, Do They Know It's Christmas is awful. It, it, it has a good message behind it, but the actual lyrics are just, it's like, the, oh, we need a charity song. Uh, let's hand a pen to someone who doesn't know anything about anything and maybe is in kindergarten and let them write a song for us and then we'll sing it and famous people will sing so people will like it uh i don't like it i think it's terrible but i still enjoy when it comes on the radio because it means it's christmas time and uh and then there's also some really good christmas music barry manilow one of my favorite singers uh has a lot more wonderful christmas music than you would expect expect an old jewish man to have uh same for neil diamond and so uh, I love Christmas music. It is, I actually a little bit dread Christmas because as soon as Christmas day is over, you can't really listen to Christmas music anymore. And so I actually get a little bit sad when it's Christmas because it means that I don't get to listen to Christmas music again until the Dodgers are done playing baseball again. So okay, with the points that there's bad, there's good. And the other day my mom had a playlist on and the more like the more tragic slash sad ones came on and we wanted some more upbeat ones so we had to keep skipping through but i don't i don't i don't remember what but was on not ones what that were like sad? oh getting me in the mood uh yeah well if you ever want to be sad go find a song called santa i'm right here by toby keith 
It's from his Christmas album from the mid-90s. And uh, yeah, it's about a, a guy who finds a note on the street. And it's a letter that a kid has written to Santa Claus saying, I hope you can find us because we don't have a house right now. We're living in my parents' car because my dad lost his job. Man, that thing will rip you up good. Yeah, that sounds like it should be on the commercial. Yeah. Uh, the other part, you know, there's a lot of things. And you know, family time is probably the most important one to me. But I don't want to just say that. And especially with this year kind of being weird and we're not going to meet up at, with certain, you know, my brother can't come up because of his job and he's been working and they've had, you know, it's different tests and, you know, other people have, you know, we're just being safe. So we're not doing anything this year. But I think part of that is the ugly sweater phenomenon that's kind of happened in recent years. I think it's blown up a lot. But I think just the concept of it, you know, having an ugly sweater party or whatever it is we used to do where we'd have a, you know, every year would be a contest, but you couldn't buy what the sweater. You had to make a sweater. You could buy the blank sweater, but you had to make it. We usually did it after Christmas, so all the stuff was on sale. So when you went to the stores, you could find stuff to put on your sweater, and it was half price or, you know, 75% off, whatever it was. So I think that whole concept of it, and then, you know, you start hanging out with friends and having ugly sweater parties or whatever it is, just the whole process of the ugly sweater, which adds an extra party, kind of like Friendsgiving's blown up in recent years where, you're just adding an extra party to be with friends or even with family and just uh you know just another reason to meet meet up and have food and drinks or whatever you want to do yeah and my last one is kind of along those same lines that is just the traditions and l- like i said my our group is smaller this year uh my oldest brother who is almost always here for christmas he didn't come down uh just you know we, we try to keep the group pretty small and this way. It's just my family and the people who live at my parents' house. So it's two households and we're, you know, did, did the best we could to stay safe doing this. Uh, but we're still, we have our, you know, we have a lot of stupid traditions. I, I think most families probably do. Uh, ours might be the stupidest and that's okay. Um, we, one time, I'll tell you one story. When I was a, a kid, I was probably six maybe. And my brothers and I, my two older brothers and I decided that we wanted to stay up all night so that we could catch Santa Claus. And we thought, well, how are we going to stay up all night? We need something to munch on. So earlier in the day on Christmas Eve, we walked down to Circle K and we bought a box of donuts and we brought the the donuts home and we didn't want our parents to see them because they would, they would get suspicious. They would know we were trying to catch Santa Claus. So we hid the, the donuts behind the garden hose in, in our front yard. And, and we said, okay, tonight after mom and dad go to sleep, we'll grab the donuts. We'll stay up all night eating the donuts and listening for Santa so we can catch him. And, uh, but the problem was there was like eight hours between when we bought the donuts and when it was time to try to stay up all night. And once you know there's donuts there, it's really hard to not eat the donuts. And, uh, and so one of us, uh, I assume it was me that was the first one to go and grab a donut and then one of my brothers went and saw, oh, this has already been opened. Well, I guess these are fair game. And he had a donut. And then the other brother had a donut. And long story short, the donuts were all gone by about 6 p.m. And when bedtime rolled around, we went to bed. And uh, like we normally did, we went to sleep and woke up and Santa had come. And we missed him again. But uh, about 10 or 15 years later, as teenagers or young adults, we... We're talking about that and we decided let's do that again let's walk to circle k on christmas eve and buy donuts uh and so that started a tradition so every year since then for the last 25 years probably uh some combination of my brothers and me 
has walked from my parents' house, the house we grew up in, down to Circle K and bought donuts uh, just, you know, to, to relive that tradition. My parents no longer live in the house that we grew up in. They live a couple miles away. And the Circle K is no longer there. It's an empty building now. But we still drive to our old house, park there, walk from there down to the empty Circle K, and then we walk across the street to the gas station and buy something there. We call it donuts, even though it's rarely actually donuts, but it's referred to as buying donuts on Christmas Eve. And it is a stupid family tradition, and it is my favorite thing in the world. And just, you know, things like that, being around your your family with traditions that only you guys will understand, and uh, inside jokes that only you understand, and uh, just being together for that kind of stuff is something I love and this is actually the first time in four years that we've been here in California for Christmas and so uh, uh, well and this is a little behind the curtains you're listening to this on Christmas Day Vince and I are recording this on the night of the 23rd and so in about uh, 15 hours I will be walking with my brother to from the house we grew up in down to the empty shell that used to be a Circle K and my two sons will be walking with us and it will be super fun, and I love it. Yeah, I mean, there's always going to be tr- weird traditions, or not weird, just your traditions. So, uh, and I hope to want, like, we have some traditions, but one of these days, Jeff, I'm going to find somebody, and then we're going to have kids, and then we'll have a tradition, and then I'll be telling a funny story on this, probably on the same podcast. So, looking forward to that. Hey, the thing you need to know, Vince. Anything can become a tradition. All you have to do is irrationally insist on doing it the same way every year, and then suddenly it's a tradition. That's how it works in this. I'm all about irrational. Yeah, once you do something once, you can say, "Oh, that's a tradition. Got to do it again," and uh, and that's how it works. So. Yeah, I mean, if you see me during Dodger playoffs, you know I'm irrational. So. Yep, and uh, yeah. All right, you have any other final Christmas thoughts before we wrap this up? No, we, we kind of spoke on the whole situation. So everyone, you know, just enjoy it as much as you can, as much as possible. And uh, hopefully everything is going right. And if not, we thank you if you're still listening to this and you maybe we're helping out in some way. I don't know. But uh, whatever we can do on our end in this thir- 20 to 30 minutes uh, every Monday through Friday, we're trying to help out. Yep. And we really do appreciate you guys. It's uh, it's fun to do this podcast knowing that people are listening. And, uh, and so we appreciate your feedback. We appreciate hearing from you. We appreciate even, you know, the vast majority of you never reach out to us. We only know you're there because we look at our numbers and say, wow, we have a lot of listeners. And that means a lot to us, not because the numbers, uh, who, who am I kidding? The numbers matter, but also knowing that, uh, you guys keep coming back to us. So you must be enjoying it. And we enjoy talking about the Dodgers with you. Obviously we're looking forward to when the season starts so we can start talking about, real live Dodger action, but uh, off-season talk is fun too. So thank you all for listening. Uh, We really appreciate it. If you haven't done so yet, please subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, If you have Apple Podcasts, even if you don't use it, go ahead and subscribe there to help other people find us. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at LockedOnDodgers. Vince is on Twitter at VinceSemperio. I'm on Twitter at Snydog, and DMs are open in all of those places. Our email address is LockedOnDodgers at gmail.com. And our phone number, if you want to leave us a voicemail or shoot us a text, is 323-863-LOCK-5625. We are here every weekday morning, and we hope you'll be here with us. When you get in your car or sit on your couch, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked on Dodgers. And remember, you don't have to agree. You just have to listen. We'll talk to you on Monday. Merry Christmas, and have a good one. D. 
I say D-O, D-O-D-G-E-R-S. The team that's all heart, all heart and all thumbs, they're my Los Angeles, your Los Angeles, our Los Angeles. Do you think we'll really win the pennant? <laughs>